this idea that these assets are scarce is very misleading and only 10,000 crypto punks, but there's also only 10,000 board, ape, board apes, mutant apes, each it's at 10,000 total limit. So it's kind of like, are any of these assets scarce when you look at it in aggregate? It's a bit funny. Yeah, yeah that, that resonated with me too. Exactly, because anybody could just create a token. And yeah, that, that one token could have a deflationary supply or they're only going to mint a million tokens in, in any given project. So when you start to evaluate all these, every time they're marketing, these toilet bowl projects, as he calls them, are always marketing, oh yeah, there's going to be a thousand of these tokens, 10,000 of these tokens. And it's like, I've been hearing it for so many times when we get shilled new projects that it's really just like, you can't get excited yep. about that anymore. Unless there's a really actually a good project. It's that alone isn't going to, going to do it. And so I thought that this, he, he posted a quadrant on comparing good projects to bad projects, popular projects to obscure projects. And this was one of my big takeaways in 2017 getting kind of birthed into crypto Twitter, just not getting caught up with all of the hype when all of these big time influencers start to talk and, and dominate the conversation with a couple of tickers. You just can't chase those. Maybe they're good projects. Maybe you yep. can make money chasing and, and trade with the trend. But what I learned from that was you have to find the projects before they're shilling them. And that requires a significant amount of patience because if it's a good project, but it's still obscure, just by the very nature of calling it obscure, people are not going to be talking about it the same way they're going to be talking about Ripple or any of these other top 10 coins. So I really came away Correct. from 2017 and then the bear market of, of 2018 reflecting on this a lot and during those times, I was chasing clout. I was trying to desperately fit in with these these big influencers and trying to make a name. And I just kind of came away from all that, looking at myself and saying, I don't need to be validated by these people. All I need to do is find the right projects. And my portfolio should reflect that over time. I, th I think those are lessons that people just have to learn. But... I mean, we're not in this game to chase clout. We're, we're in this game to, to build a winning portfolio. So there's so much to talk about with this. I wanted to just ping you and find out what you thought about it. Yeah, well, I think too, coming from my perspective, where sure, I was in crypto a little bit early on, but I didn't really get all in until early this year. And yeah, like that Dodge absolutely resonated with me because I got in early, you know, bought it at 20 cents or whatever, like not super early, but once all the hype started and then, you know, the big SNL moment, there was a huge crash and everything. And yeah, it was, it was totally a narrative play. Like there's Dodge is the same as it was last year. There's nothing better about it. You know, it's literally just Elon hyped it and then it went back down again, but it's trying to chase those gains and then learning that, like you said, it's not about, if someone's talking about a project on Twitter, one of the big influencers, it's probably too late to get in for a big game at this point. Yeah, and you can trade it, right? Then, so he makes this comparison of people who are yeah, who who are good players of this game, referring to crypto trading as a game. That you're the the best players are trying to sit in winners and then take profits 
to redeploy in other niche projects. And so one of my big lessons was, hey, don't worry so much if you're you're going to miss these big, crazy explosions. Don't overwhelm yourself and beat yourself up for every single day trying to make sure that your position is optimally positioned in every next two to five X. It's like, you're going to miss those. You have to be okay with yeah. that. Otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to have emotional damage because you're going to just really exactly. shit on yourself for missing every single pump. You just can't, it's not going to happen. So I think our strategy is really, really yeah. well structured. We're, trying to be in fundamentally strong projects that maybe haven't been completely shown yet. I mean, secret network is a good example. That one has definitely become limelight, limelight a bit by a lot of influencers, but still at a billion dollar market cap, there's, there's still good upside, I think, but our structure on our team is really about let's all do this research every day. We come across different links. You're really good at, understanding the Terra ecosystem, what's going on there. Our buddy Kem is really well-versed on the secret network. I'm kind of in the middle of both in Cosmos. We're, we're really deep in looking at those projects. So we kind of evaluate different angles all throughout the day. And then anything that is really tripping our fancy we share in the discord and we start to really dig in as a group. So I really appreciate the the team-based structure that we've built up at the crypto chemistry team. And of course are interested in learning more about that. Send us a message because we're definitely always looking for smart people who are, are motivated to learn. So yeah, I really just yeah, love this, just yeah, love this article, man, because I thought he just, he did a really good job of capturing like how I view this game because yeah, you can as a trader still make money trading bad projects yeah. if they're popular. Because if the, if the technicals are working, yeah, you just have yeah, to exactly. go, you have to go. So um, you know, we've been talking about this one for a while. I I would really encourage people to just read it. But any final thoughts? And then I know you have a link that you wanted to highlight too. And everything. I think this Wired article that um, I'm going to go over kind of actually ties into that very well, going over the kind of GameStop, AMC, uh, Dogecoin, all that stuff, and kind of how that all skyrocketed. So I actually think, um, yeah, if you're good, I'm going to start talking about that one. Yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah, I read this Wired article. Um, this is called The Year When Finance Finally Jumped the Doge. And it's pretty much all about how a lot of um, these meme investors are on, you know, Wall Street bets and whatever, and they're not necessarily investing in fundamentals, um, but a lot of it isn't just, uh, they're investing in um, a narrative. They want, you know, they're looking for nostalgia. They're not looking at profit and loss or market cap. They're looking for who's got the best memes, who's got the best community. And it's really, I think, confounding a lot of these value investors and traditional investors who don't see any value in this stuff. But it's, I mean, you look at GameStop, it was basically saved from uh, death by meme investors. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I mean, this article for me really resonated. I think it's it's funny. My my experience in traditional finance and working on equity research teams, being a hyper focused person on fundamentals, it this year, I mean, I just saw so many people get triggered over these explosive moves that, that didn't make sense. And I mean, I I fully admit, like the GameStop short squeeze was just insane to watch when it just went from like what ten bucks to three or four hundred. But I think yeah, seventeen to five hundred in one month. Yeah, for a stock, <laughs> for a stock, yeah, yeah. for a stock yeah, that was like on its deathbed. But that's what happens when it's just it's a bit of a market anomaly. I don't really expect a lot of those patterns to continue and i'm not i'm not going to go out there and hunt for the next meme and try to get in early on on pumpamentals in stocks now in crypto i think that's fine i think it's a good strategy <laughs> because it's it's actually i think easier to chase pumpamentals in crypto than it is the stock market but i had this conversation with one person um last summer and he was so triggered by this idea of gamification of the stock market because he had made his career in this world and he, you know, viewed his role as a capital yeah. allocator as like some noble pursuit and that our society depends on well-functioning markets to make sure the companies that are worthy are being blessed by the market and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, yeah, you know what? The stock market is a game. Crypto trading, all these things, they are just a game. And you, you just can't be so emotionally triggered by some ticker doing some crazy stuff. Like, he, I think he felt insulted that people were treating treating his former oh, livelihood as a game, as a casino. And it's just like, hey, you know what? That's just the way the world is now. Yeah. Like you can either like, don't hate the player, hate the game type of stuff. You know, it's just like, don't, don't get exactly. so emotional about it. Um, just figure out how you can make money. Yeah. off. I it. mean, I get it when that's, when that's your life and that's what you've built up is I went to school for this. I'm better than everybody at investing. I study all this stuff. And then some 18 year old goes, number goes up and they're richer than you, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can that's, see where, that's where I think. From. Well, that's where I think a lot of the hate comes from the traditional finance world into oh, crypto is just yeah. like, they don't, they, the people who, who made easy money, people just hate it when other people do this, do the same or better and work a lot less at it. Which is silly. Just be, be happy for other people, but Hey, exactly, man. That's and so to do for some, that's why, but I, yeah, I think it, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I think, I mean, it's like you said, it's just treating it. I mean, obviously we know it's real money, but it's still kind of treating it as a game and, and following the pumpamentals and following when, you know, you gotta, you gotta know when to get out. And sometimes the, like you said, these coins there, if it's not necessarily a good project, you can still ride it and trade it, but maybe, you know, don't marry your bags as they always say. <laughs> totally. And it's, it's just, you know, this has always been a game. The rules have just changed. No longer yep. do you need to have the access to the right broker to call them up and 
get in on something, get the next tip of the next IPO. I mean, that is still present. Or even have the amount of money needed. That's always been silly that you need to have a certain amount of money to be an accredited investor. Like, just to have how a am I supposed to, to get table. that? Right. <laughs> and we have a seat. Anybody, that's what's beautiful about this is anybody has a seat at this table. It's permissionless. As long as you have your fiat well, on ramp. Just the accessibility. Mm-hmm. You can talk to a project lead. You can go talk to people in the project. Like you can, it's not like with the CEO where it's like, you're not going to get uh, two seconds with him. If you're trying to talk to a company CEO or somebody in charge, like the yeah, accessibility is, is awesome. When I was an equity analyst back in the day, in the before times, we would have callbacks after every earnings call. And just because our firm was a licensed FINRA agency, and we published research, we had an investment bank, we had a trading desk that we helped institutional clients execute trading. Like we were able to get 15 minutes with not usually the CEO, cause we weren't a big shop, but maybe the CFO or a marketing, a marketing yeah. officer, we would get 15, 30 minutes after every earnings call to ask them questions off the record. And back in the day, think about that in like the, this really didn't happen until the late 90s after a couple of regulations mm-hmm. hit around the tech, bump, the tech bubble. But, I mean, think about before then. You just had to be running size and the trading yeah, books yeah. for these companies, yeah. and you were getting crazy good access. And, by the way, insider trading wasn't even a crime until the late 80s. So all these people who nope. are triggered <laughs> made a bunch of money when it wasn't even illegal to insider trade, and now they're mad at us the next wave for figuring out this, this new game. So it's just funny to me and, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. That's, that's really the only thing I have to say about it, but Hey, we're about at time. Um, this was really great to have you Greg on, on daybreak. Yeah, it was great to be on. I can't wait to have you on more and hopefully we can start a show soon to cover oh, the sure. Terra ecosystem every week. There's tons of stuff going on there. So it would be awesome to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think people would appreciate it, and I know our team would too. So, hey, bud, have a great day. We'll see you next time, man. Thanks, you too, man. All right, talk to you later. Cheers.